Every Arizona homeowner's best friend for 30 years. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the House. Well, I'm riding along Singing the same old cowboy song That's been sung a hundred Good morning. times before Welcome to Rosie on the House. You know, I get calls every week where people say they set their alarm for this music to hear you come in and come on into Rosie's house. So you got to be gentle. That makes gentle. it all worthwhile. It does. Good morning, y'all. We are Arizona Homeowners Weekend Wake Up Call. and proud to do it. And humbled that we're asked to do it. Here every Saturday morning for the sole purpose of trying to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. You can let it roll, Gary. That just sounds so good this morning. We get calls about this song, and I guess we should tell everyone. It's called Desert Skies by the Marshall Tucker Band, band from the 70s. Great band. Oh, man. That whole album is a great, great album. It's a good I, record. I great band, too. I love the Marshall Tucker Band. I wonder if Clyde Tumbaugh ever rode a horse across the deserts I, of Arizona. I don't think he had time. He was too busy counting little dots on a piece of glass. Jennifer and I had an extremely interesting last weekend trip to Flagstaff. And we uh, did an Airbnb uh, cabin. Waited a little long to get it. It was a little far from everything we wanted uh, to do. But a beautiful view of the fun. mountain it across a beautiful meadow, a really nice, nice hangout. Took the grandkids. Santa Claus told the grandkids that they had one ski weekend. They were seven and five mm-hmm. okay two our of two, the grandkids our two yeah. granddaughters and they were told that santa claus would treat them to skiing this year to learn how to ski so that was the designated weekend that was chosen the cabin was rented the equipment was rented the tickets were t- purchased and of course we got blown off the mountain monday in a in a storm that was just horrendous As a matter of fact the entire snowball resort was closed. Now you had to drive all the way up there to find that out. <laughs> yeah. Can't. Note if you're going to Snowball, <laughs> you're going to have to dig a little bit for information. So yeah. do your due diligence. Don't assume anything. But we got there the first day, Sunday, Sunday nice. and Katie and Bruce and the kids were up there and they had already made it to the top of the mountain. And we were at the bottom by the 11 o'clock. It was jamming, absolutely jamming. It had the whole rest of the day kids up and down the mountain they la- the girls lasted all afternoon it was pretty incredible our seven-year-old stepped into her skis first time and just started walking around and then the other five-year-old is walking around and I'm, we're trying to get her attention these are boots and you step in hi what's your name i'm i'm charlotte i'm five how old are you i mean <laughs> <laughs> she had a she had a group of kids around her all the time <laughs> in, the fir- in the first two hours you know she's it's like Charlotte, we are here to learn to ski. Can I get your attention just for five minutes? So then you got her skiing. My name's Charlotte. I'm five. How old are you? And then she's skiing and visiting, so that she she learned to multitask. By the time I get her skied up 
to over kind of in the Bunny Hill area. Charlotte's been up and down the Chloe. The, the, the Chloe's been up and down the run now four or five times without any instruction, any lessons. No, no. This is how you snow plow. This is how you edge. So she was wanting to get up that chairlift. Where, hey, T. Perry, where do you go up that chairlift? So, but one of the days that the blizzard blew in, we opted to go spend the morning at Lowell Observatory. And folks, if y'all and I've been there before. But now, now it's just like I want to go every time I'm in Flagstaff. The we were there on the day that was celebrating the 50th anniversary of Pluto being discovered by an intern who was being paid nothing, who had moved to Flagstaff from Kansas and was living in an upstairs apartment giving free food and lodging. And he somehow was suspicious that there was an undiscovered planet. Well, Lowell had been, and so Percival. That, this is what this is what Clay um, Clyde Clyde had been tasked with was finding this. And he had been known for he grew up on a farm and building his own telescopes out of stuff around the Irrigation farm. Irrigation pipe. Yeah. <laughs> so they put together this telescope at. At Lowell, and it's made of an irrigation pipe, metal scaffolding. Leftover um, salvage material. Everything except for the glass plate, which that's is pretty only, impressive in itself. That's the only thing they, they paid, paid for, for was the actual lenses. It's $10,000. You know, it's worth the trip just to go in and <laughs> in, see In the, 1928, I think? Yes. Yeah. And just to see the building it's housed in. You know, you walk up these beautiful staircase. Of course, it, the building's kind of cylinder. And then up these beautiful staircase, the the telescope sits up top, and then the entire roof, of course, opens. But it's the most beautiful wood and mechanism. That itself is an artwork. Some some pretty incredible carpentry. So, so you have this Kansas intern working for free, working on this theory, something's out there. And this telescope really isn't a telescope. It's more of a camera. And you slide the glass plate in. And then you find something to do for an hour and a half. And inside that observatory, it's cold. It, mm-hmm. You know, this, the, it's open to the sky, and it's January. So you're finding something to do for an hour and a half. And then you take the plate, and you run downstairs to the black room, and you develop it. And how many and little dots are on that plate when the you finish? Pla- Gary, the plate is 16 inches by 16 inches, about. I didn't measure wow. it, but that's about what I'd say. So it's a good-sized glass plate. There are 160,000 impressions, whether it's asteroids, stars, planets, planets whatever, whatever it is, 160,000 impressions on that 16 by 16 plate. He finds the one. And I mean, it's little. They actually show you the actual plate he used. I mean, the dot, is, it's smaller than like those little plastic beads on the, the head of a pin. Well, and he had to pull plate after plate after plate six days in a row, and he's, you know, looking at them, looking at them. They had some, of course, scientific ways to, to eliminate. Okay. But they were looking for something that was moving. Okay, Gary. So, planets okay. move. So yeah, you're tracking 160,000 of these things, right. and you got to find the ones that's moving. <laughs> that was what's blowing my mind. Well, I mean, he, and he had no education. I mean, he yeah. just yeah. finished high school. Needle in a haystack. And then, then once you discover it's moving, 
Tell me how you decide if it's an asteroid or exactly. a planet. Yeah. It was plan- They were looking for Planet X is what they called it. They were. They knew something out there was causing a gravitational pull on the last known planet in the solar system at the time. So they were suspicious there was one more planet out there creating that gravitational pull. Wow. But they were wrong. It was actually a cluster of debris that circles our planetary system that was causing the pull. And Pluto just happens to be the largest single object in that field, that debris field. Wow. And it's... It, so it got named a planet, wow. then it got unnamed. Now they're now it's a dwarf planet, and now they're thinking maybe rename it a planet. They may give it its planet designation back because they're 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 redefining the criteria of what a planet is. But it's a dwarf planet. I mean, the entire planet would fit between Houston and Washington D.C. It's just wow. a, just a it's little video thing. It's like a little interstate planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, I'm thinking. You know, you're looking for a planet, and I, if I'm not mistaken, you're looking for something round. Whereas an asteroid doesn't have a a standard shape, right? True. You know, I, you know, yep. It it comes. It's a broken up rock flying through the air. So that's fascinating that they had to go through that much. Just to, again, a needle in the haystack. Okay, let me put you on the spot. The sun mm-hmm. is ninety three million miles from Earth. Okay, how far is Pluto? Hmm, ninety three times. Uh, just a wild guess. Ninety three times a hundred. Ninety three times a hundred. A hundred million. You're, you're thinking. You're thinking like nine billion. Okay. Okay, it's half that. It's four point seven billion miles. Oh, I'd lose on still the prices, right? Well, still pretty <laughs> impressive, don't you think? Four. I mean, how do you how do you even see something four point seven billion miles away? To build something that could take a picture of something that far away, and they've recently restored the telescope, and they're having a grand reopening on March tenth. Yeah. From uh, 3 to 5 in the afternoon, you don't need a reservation. But I would suggest getting up there before then because it's all ready to go. It's beautiful. You can get the tour every day. Curtis, we took a tour with Curtis. He did an awesome job. Excellent docent. Excellent teller of stories. Okay, so Clyde Tumbaugh, this uneducated Kansas farm boy, building telescopes out of scrap material, comes to Lowell Observatory as a intern working for free, ham sandwiches and a cot, discovers Pluto. The end of the story? He dies at 90, and not too long ago. They he, did put, eventually, he did eventually get his degree and then go back to Lowell. He did. They put his ashes on the New Horizons spacecraft that launched January 19, 2006, and flew past Pluto in 2015. Wow. Now, how (laughs) cool is that? And if y'all want to see the pictures of Pluto taken by this spaceship 16,000 miles above Pluto, it is some incredible photography. NASA has it all posted on their website. Go go and take a look. So Jenny and I just had a fabulous, fabulous weekend in Flagstaff, which was our staycation destination of last month. And Curtis um, did such a good job that even from us 
to down to the kids, everybody got something out of the talk, and everybody was enamored. It was great. Hey, let's talk Olympics when we get back. There's some real Cinderella stories in, in this year's events, right when we get back. Who doesn't just love the Olympics? Some great stories always come out of the Olympics. Gary, you would, you would know this. Gary D., he is our closet Cajun engineer. Yes. From La Viat. Why Why did the NHL decide they weren't going to send any pros to the Olympics this year? I would like to know the real decision, but um, as far as I know, this was just a decision that was made by the NHL saying we're not going to send any of the um, uh, athletes there. I mean, when you and I grew up, you were forbidden to be a professional athlete to compete in the Olympics. It was all amateurs. To Re- the remember when America beat Russia, the Cinderella story? I think Howard Cosell was calling that no, game. Al Michaels. Al Do Michaels. you believe in miracles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Al Michaels. That's right. I, that, uh, during that game, I learned the word propitious, and I've used it every – I've used it constantly from that time. Well, you got hair. You don't need propitious. <laughs> But that was a great story. And then and then I thought when they let the pros come in, I, I thought it really diminished the glamour. I have uh, my dad's first cousin won the bronze medal in the Berlin Olympics in the hop, skip, and jump. Now, down outside of Lafayette, they have a racetrack that's just straight. The horses just run one quarter mile straight, mm-hmm. side by side, down these wood rails, and it's really exciting, and they let the kids just hang on the rails, so these horses are just flying by you. And my dad's cousin beat the horse and won a 100 bucks, and they took the medal away from him because at that point he was a professional athlete. Oh, no. Yeah? Oh, no. You know, there, there was a lot of that type of racing that's been around for cent- uh, almost a century yeah. down there. Rollin so. Romero. Wow. Gosh. <laughs> That's the closest I've ever been to Olympics. Well, with all the new sports, new being 20 years, snowboarding and stuff, the, the face of the Olympics has kind of changed. There's all kinds of things we didn't grow up with. It's, uh, you know, all the it's, – it's been pretty expi- exciting Extreme to watch. Extreme sport yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it's such a new sport that Sean White at 32 is like a really old man. And these, <laughs> these kids, like um, Red Gerard, 17 years old, winning Olympic gold. Chloe Kim, my new favorite crush. That girl 17. is <laughs> – I, I, she's 17, but I tell you, and, and I, I just sit there and I go, I wish I could do that. Just just one flip. But she's amazing and picks up the first gold for the U.S. too. I, I don't get curly. I don't get it. And and I got a son-in-law who's like Mr. Macho Man that moved to Minneapolis, and he says it's a lot of fun. They got like curling leagues all over the place. I don't get it. So last <laughs> night while I was uh, – uh, making dinner at the house, I was watching uh, a Korea and Japan semifinal curling match. <laughs> and you have these really nice-looking ladies, but once they get down on the knee and they're getting ready to throw that stone, it's all business. I mean, stone face and all that, and the chatter back and forth, which was all in their native language. I thought I was watching a Star Wars movie because it sounded like Ewoks <laughs> going back and forth. But 
I couldn't I couldn't turn away. And then they went into overtime, and Korea wins by a point, and they play for the gold medal this afternoon, uh, Britain versus Korea. I've already got it set. I'm going to watch. Okay. It's it's intense. They put I don't just know the, a little bit of spin on, you know, they they guide that thing right in. I, I, I watched it for a little while, and I thought, you know, I'll come back when the down, I think it's I'll a, come back when the downhill's off. It's at least flattering of the sports. I mean, you know, the other ones they've got on their their great cost. You can see every muscle ripple and stuff, and all you see it in curling is this little hands just going back and sweep sweep right. the ice. It's the sweep, yeah, yeah. If I could find someone that could clean my house that way, I'd be happy too as well. But on that note, we made history. The United States men team first ever gold medal in curling. They beat Sweden. Sweden was predicted to just sweep it. sweep it. And the United States men's team, maybe the second or third round, but they end up winning gold first time in wow. history. That was amazing. just last night? That was last night. Well, women's cross country was the same. They weren't expected to place, two, right? Two gals out of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's, now that's a grueling sport. Yes. Oh, it doesn't even look, it looks horrible to watch. <laughs> I mean, when you watch the skaters, you're like, oh, I wish I could do that. And the other one's just like, oh, that looks really painful. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a workout right there, I'll tell you that. And then we've got some great female skiers that have just carved the mountain up to pieces. I just love watching that grand slalom, giant slalom downhill. Michaela Schiffen, oh, 22 man. gold. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and uh, oh, wait, I'm, wow, I'm trying to think of the other skater. Wait. <laughs> Famous skater. Um, uh, okay, that's okay. No, I was actually <laughs> focusing on this. Uh, Czechoslovakian uh, Esther Ledeka, Alpine Super G. She's the first woman, a woman, to win two gold medals in two different sports in the Winter Olympics. So she won the Alpine Super G in another skiing event. But no uh, woman in the history of the Winter Olympics have won two golds. It's pretty amazing. In two separate events. In two separate events. Very wow. Much, yeah. Well, it sure has been enjoyable. I th- is it, does it wrap up this weekend? Do we, we, this is yes. It. The opening yeah. ceremonies. Uh, I don't know if they'll be live or taped, but they're on Sunday night here. The closing, closing ceremonies. Oh, closing ceremonies. Sorry, mm-hmm. I got that. All right. Well, listen, we're going to talk about things you can get out and do here in the great state of Arizona. When we get back in the second half of our seven seven o'clock hour, one of the things is a nature festival that's coming up right in the Valley of the Sun. Y'all stay tuned. This is a great event. This is a family event you've got to get on your calendar. And thank you for joining us this morning here at Rosie on the House. Okay, I should be remembering. I'm so ashamed. Lindsey Vaughn. Lindsey Vaughn was the skier's name you were trying to remember. She is a rock star, and this is her last Olympics. So, you know, she was was a little disappointed in her performance. She didn't uh, medal like she would have liked to. But, man, all the injuries and everything she's gone through, Tiger Woods dating him. I mean, come on. (laughs) You should get a gold medal for that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) 7 o'clock hour of Rosie on the House. We're generally talking about places people, and events in and around the great state of Arizona. We did get on one of Rosie's little bunny trails and and had a segment there on the Olympics. But how could you not? How could Mm -hmm. you not talk about the Olympics? But right now I want to talk about a particular event that's going on here in in the Phoenix area. And I want to bring in Miss Christina Underhill, the Assistant Director of Parks and Recreation for the City of Avondale. Let's bring Christina into the conversation and uh, give her some airtime here to brag about her event. Good morning, Christina. 
Good morning. Hey, thanks for rising up. I know you're an early riser anyway. Thanks for getting up and being willing to share the story of the Trace Rios Nature Festival. Of course, we're excited about this event, so I'm happy to share what we have going on in the West Valley. It's an event y'all have seen grow over the last almost 20 years. It's been, yeah, this event's been going on quite a while, and it has changed and grown over the years. And it, it is, what is Trace Rios? So Trace Rios really stands for the three rivers, which is the Gila River, the Salt River, and the Agua Fria River. In a particular area that we hold this festival, those three rivers convene in that um, area there. It's a gorgeous riparian area, lots of water. Folks, just think Phoenix International Raceway. You're right yeah, there. You're, you're right there. Phoenix International Raceway is now called IMS. So if you're looking for signage and headed down to the, the event, it's called IMS now. And it is just uh, north of the raceway there that the festival is held. They changed the name of the raceway. I don't even know what IMS stands for yet. Do you? Um, off the top of my head, no, I don't. But that okay. is the new sponsor of that racetrack. Okay, all right. So the Trace Rios Festival, in its like almost 20th year, may even be more older than that, is coming up March 3rd and 4th. This is a great family event. Talk about all the things the families can do if they make their way out there. Yeah, so this is a fun event for all ages. Um, we really focus on STEAM or STEM, uh, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. As part of this festival, we are a partner um, with the Arizona SciTech Festival, our signature event for them. So we have a lot of hands-on exhibits that will be going on throughout the festival. So you can see wildlife up close and personal, get to know what the, the reptiles and the animals are all about and their purpose um, in, in nature and what they do. Uh, we offer a lot of free activities like fishing. So Arizona Game and Fish is one of our partners, and they provide all the fishing poles and the bait. In fact, they'll help you bait it if you don't want to touch the worm. And we have a lot of people during the festival that uh, you catch fish. We do have a catch and release program. So if you catch one while you're there, we ask that you just put it back, and hopefully somebody else will catch that fish as part of the festival as well. Um, we also have... Uh, canoes and kayaks that are free to get in and paddle around. It's it's a running river in the Southwest Valley, and so you're able to paddle out. You're actually able to see the uh, mouth of the Gila River coming into uh, what would be considered the Salt River, and so you can paddle out and see that. REI is also a partner of this festival, and they'll be offering stand-up paddleboarding classes. And those are free as well. So that's a nice addition to this festival. And if anyone's interested in learning how to stand up paddleboard, a uh, new and upcoming trend in outdoor recreation, you can sign up at the Trace Rios Nature Festival.com website um, to lock in your spot to participate in that. Uh, we also have archery that's provided by Game and Fish as well. And so adults and kids can try their hand at archery and see if they're able to hit the target. There are instructors on site to help teach you how to be safe while doing the activity. I mean, um, so that's that's a fun event for again all ages. And y'all have it y'all um, have it set up in such a way that parents and kids can just kind of meander from one station to the other. The kids could actually try their hands at, at every one of these activities just right there. Yeah, that's correct. It's it's fun. And we have people that stay there literally from ten AM when we open until four o'clock when we close. And they're out there all day just participating in all the activities. We have great food. 
Uh, we have a handful of food trucks that will be out there. So uh, there's a cost for that, but all different types of food. So I'm sure somebody that's coming out will find something that they would like. Now, if y'all, um, also, if y'all all remember last spring, last winter, the huge uh, moisture event that we had that entire season, the Trace Rios Festival is down in where these three rivers join. So at the appointed time of the festival, the entire area was about four feet underwater. <laughs> what are the it chances? was. It was <laughs> impressive to be down there and watching uh, literally a huge river flowing through the south, Southwest Valley. It was it was crazy, and yes, where our festival was to be held was completely underwater, probably four to five feet underwater at the time. Yeah, I don't think we have much of a chance worried about that next weekend. No, we don't. I think <laughs> it's going to be beautiful weather this next weekend. We're going to have uh, perfect conditions, sunny and warm, and uh, it'll be it'll be beautiful for this event. And on Saturday, y'all actually run late, clean up to like seven thirty in the evening, right? We do. So we have a sunset concert on the river um, and Harabe Mexicano, who is a band out of San Diego, will be in town and performing live on stage. They're fun, upbeat. They do a lot of covers, some originals. Um, they'll get people up and dancing. And we also have a beer garden running all weekend and it'll be open for this concert as well. So uh, come out and have a cold beer on the river and we have wine as well. So if beer is not your thing, we have plenty of wine that you can purchase too. And and food vendors? Yep, we've got a handful of food vendors from barbecue to fry bread and burgers. Um, just about anything that you would want, we'd have it most likely. And folks, don't let the price of admission keep you away. <laughs> it's very expensive to get in. It's the cost of $0. It's free to park, free to get in and free to participate in the activities. Uh, we recently added a zip line, and there's a small charge for that, but that's a fun way to see the festival from a bird's-eye view. That's awesome. Next Saturday and Sunday, March 3rd and 4th, Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7.30 p.m., Sunday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., Get the kids out there, expose them to archery, expose them to fishing, canoeing, paddleboarding. And you've also, you, uh, the Sonoran Audubon Society is going to be out there as well. They will, yeah. They're a great partner in this festival. They bring out experts in bird watching and, and guides, and you can sign up for a bird watching tour. They're short tours that take you out on a hike and give you some binoculars and help point out the various birds that are in the area hanging out during the festival. And we usually see well over 60 to 80 species of birds uh, during the festival. Pretty exciting. And it's great to be with an experienced birder. They, they, they teach you exactly what to look for quickly to identify the particular bird you've got focused on. It's the beak profile. It's the tail profile. It's the color of legs. Just, just some really great tricks. And, and I'll tell you what. Bird watching is one of those activities that drives you outside. It's something I've always loved doing. I've got my Audubon book and my record list, and I've always enjoyed bird watching with the kids. It's a fabulous outdoor activity. It is. It's fun, and it's something that if you've never done it, definitely come out and try it out. I think you'll get hooked. Well, Christina, I can't thank you enough for uh, – you've been involved in this thing for – 15 years or more, haven't you? Well, I've been with the city for about 10 now, and so 10 years I've been involved with this festival, and every year I fall more in love with it. It's an amazing outdoor festival, and we're excited to do it every year.
Christina Underhill, the Assistant Director of Parks and Rec for the City of Avondale. What are some of the other things, Avondale, what are some of the other things that keep you busy the rest of the year? Well, we've got tons of stuff going on in Avondale, lots of uh, programs for youth and kids, classes, um, lots of parks, beautiful parks that we have in Avondale. So there's a lot happening on the, the west side. Well, we're honored to be a sponsor with my board membership through Wildlife for Tomorrow. Uh, it's one of the events we love being uh, involved in and love seeing the kids get outside, learn these outdoor skills. And the fact that City of Avondale, y'all have got SRP, APS, REI, you've got Arizona Game and Fish, Maricopa County, uh, Goodyear's involved. Like I said, the Audubon Society from uh, the Sonoran chapter, A to Z Equipment Rents, T-Mobile, you know, I feel like a NASCAR driver trying to name all the sponsors, but but y'all put together a really strong group of people that get together and make a great event. Oh, yeah. We have experts in, in various fields that join us as part of this event and bring a lot to the table, and we enjoy it every year, having them out there and a part of the event. Free parking, free admission, and expose the kids and the family and yourselves to all of these wonderful outdoor events. Stay, enjoy the food from the food vendors, have a cold beer, and enjoy the concert in the evening on Saturday. Christina, thanks a million for coming on on board with us here at Rosie on the House. Hey, thanks, Rosie. I appreciate it. Hope Uh, to see everybody out there. All right. Thanks a million. That's my kind of festival. It's got everything. You got fishing, you got food, you got fishing, (laughs) and... uh, I was going to say, last year you could have had whitewater rafting. but Yes, you could have. Yeah, (laughs) Last year you could have. They ended up holding it like eight weeks later uh, once the water went down. Mm -hmm. But it it really is a spectacular little corner of Arizona where these three rivers come together. It's actually very close. If if when you survey in Arizona, wherever you're surveying, you've got the baseline. That's Baseline Road. That's your baseline. And then you've got the meridian that goes north and south. This is right at the baseline meridian point of all surveying point of reference is right there. So all your range and township designations across the state of Arizona all originate right there at the base meridian pinpoint, which is kind of cool if you like surveying. I like surveying. Surveying's cool. Staycations. we got to cover some staycations. We've got uh, the Flagstaff Staycation, which we were featuring the whole month of February. Right now, if you'd like to win an Arizona Staycation, we're going to tell you how to do that. And right now, we're registering for a trip down to Sierra Vista. So Jam-packed Ramsey Canyon Inn Stay. Tickets to see Dolan Ellis at the Arizona Folklore Preserve. Tours. Tickets, uh, two tickets to tour the Kirchner Caverns. So it's going to be great. And the letter we got from our most recent participant was actually up in Flagstaff the same weekend we were. Yeah, we can talk about that when we get back. We will. It's a little bit. Uh, they they actually called the uh, uh, event. Uh, they came home early because they were afraid of the the snow event that was occurring on Sunday. And but uh, they had an absolutely spectacular time at. Uh, the Jeep Tours in Sedona at the Orchard Inn uh, and, of course, Satchmo's. Satchmo's. I, I think they said Satchmo's was like their favorite thing of the whole weekend. It ranks up there. Get, getting into that Satchmo's barbecue in Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely 
Jennifer, as I've said many times before, is like the queen princess barbecue snob of the entire planet. And um, number one, Satchmo's. Satchmo's is her the number best. one barbecue. Thank Roger Naylor, our friend and author and outdoor adventurer that uh, turned us on to Satchmo's. So. All of that, we're going to talk a little bit more about staycations when we get back. And we've got the Urban Farmer, Greg the Farmer, joining us in the 8 o'clock hour. Y'all stay tuned. 9 o'clock hour be open hour. I've got updates for APS uh, that we had on the show last week. And 10 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking about organic. We're going to stay on gardening a little bit that particular hour. Jennifer and I are going to talk a little bit about organic gardening. All right here at Rosie on the House. Celebrating Arizona in the 7 o'clock hour of Rosie on the House. A big, big thank you to Sanderson Ford, who is the flagship primary sponsor of the Rosie on the House staycations. And uh, the February staycation uh, was just wrapped up. The folks were just up there last weekend. Uh, Peter and Susan wrote us a wonderful long email about how wonderful a time they had uh, like you said they came home a little early in anticipation of president's day and the storm that was coming in that's probably a pretty good idea but she just talked about how much they loved their room at the orchard inn and just looking out their in picturesque Sedona. window yeah sorry in sedona looking out their picturesque window at snoopy and lucy have you ever seen that formation snoopy yeah. rock yeah that's yeah. right and i tell you what if you haven't stayed at orchard inn I mean, the, the rooms have balconies. Uh, each room has a balcony, and it views out kind of to the southeast. And I mean, every room has a perfect, captivating view of the Red Rocks. It's and absolutely just, and gorgeous. And just rocks. It's not the city. It's back towards the rocks. And did you see the pic- the pool? Have you seen that pool? The pool is oh, gorgeous. Oh. Absolutely Same gorgeous. setting, sitting there yeah. in the pool looking out at that beautiful red rock. And you have Oak Creek Canyon bubbling way below. Mm-hmm. You. That's it, right mm-hmm. there. So the Orchard Inn in Sedona, they enjoyed their stay there, loved the room, mentioned specifically about how great the balcony and the view was from the room. And then we got them tickets for the Pink Jeep Tour. They said it was so informative. They did the Ancient Tours one, right? Yeah. That, that is a fabulous tour, just to think about what was going on back there. Thousands of years ago, in those red rocks, and how they were how they were actually living in that area, and the, and the population I think would surprise people how many people were really there. And we had the pink jeep tour guy on a couple of weeks ago. If you want to hear more about it, he told the great story about you know just that tour, and also the pink jeep tours how much care they take for the desert, even though they, and I guess because they use it so often. Yeah. Uh, we, we're, we've developed a great relationship with Arizona State Parks and Trails d- mm-hmm. Department, and they've been very generous in providing all of our winners with free passes. And we had the uh, park director from Red Rock State Park in last weekend and visiting about that. Uh, I, that, that had to be a gorgeous. I mean, there's nothing more beautiful, I don't think, a picture of Sedona or the Grand Canyon under that layer of two or three inches of snow. I mean, it, I mean that's just unduplicatable. Is that a word? <laughs> it is now. It's a rosyism. <laughs> like a rock cupcake with frosting. It you know? is. It is. Oh. It. I would like to visit that particular park though, because it's away from uh, Slide Rock, which is fun. But this, you're not allowed to get in the water, and it's very educational. So just a little more opportunity to really look at the area, apart from all the tourists. 
And they mentioned the gorgeous uh, basket bowl that Sibley's, Sibley's West. West. Yeah, they're known for all they carry is Arizona items. Four thousand different things made in Arizona, from clothing to pottery to Sibley's glass West work. is the name of a store mm-hmm. in that Chandler. features in mm-hmm. Chandler's. Yeah, you can shop them online or go. It's more fun to go in the store. They've got kachinas from the Kachina House in Sedona. They have. All kinds of beautiful baskets and pottery. So we're packaging these staycations a little bit different this year than we have in the past. We're actually picking. We used to let you pick where you wanted to go and when you wanted to go, and it actually turned uh, our office manager into a part-time travel agent where we were constantly (laughs) trying to juggle people's calendars. So now what we do is we ask you to go to rosieonthehouse.com, and we have each month's staycation spelled out and it's already pre-selected where where you're going to go and when you're going to go and if you want to get in the drawing to get down to sierra vista get in and register now at rosieonthehouse.com you will be staying at the beautiful ramsey canyon bed and breakfast inn absolutely gorgeous what's it what's i, that I think that one's already i think we're we just picked that winner. Now, oh, now we're we going did. on to April, yeah. Okay. They just called Jen yesterday to report what car they wanted. Okay. So now when you go in, you'll be entering for April, Okay. So which is Grand Canyon, I believe. In, in March, they'll actually be able to stay at Ramsey Canyon. They're going to have the passes to the folklore, and Dolan Ellis will actually mm-hmm. be singing that particular weekend. How great is that? They've Arizona got State Park passes to State, the Karstner Caverns. And they're going to get passes to Karstner. They're going to get Coyote Ote. Cookies from Glendale. Well, they won't make it all the way down there. Those will be gone by the (laughs) time they get down to Casa Grande. So what you're telling me now is the next staycation that we're putting together now is for the Yavapai Lodge at the south rim of the Grand Canyon, and this is for staying April 20th and 21st. He's just getting better and better. And we, we We are putting together an incredible package for that one right there as well. So you win. And you get to go to Sanderson Ford and pick whatever car you want in their demo lot. You get to use it for free. Jennifer gives you a $250 Visa gift card to cover the cost of gas and incidentals and snacks along the way. Arizona Highways Magazine gives us swag bag and books. And um, Yavapai Lodge provides the lodging. And we're continuing to build to what's going to be put into that package so get to rosieonthehouse.com and make sure you register right now for the April staycation, which we'll be drawing for here in about the next 30 days.